on today's show, I'm starting my top 30 prospect rankings for 2024. Who are some new names on this list and how bright is the future for the Texas Rangers after winning that 2023 World Series championship? We're talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into this episode, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours at jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J A S E medical.com. Now, I've talked a lot about the Rangers farm system over the last couple weeks or so because unfortunately the Rangers are, are not making any big moves in free agency like they have in years past. There's not as much speculation to be done about how big free agent signings are going to impact the Rangers. I mean, they've they've signed basically two guys and, and they've been solid signings, but you know, it's always fun to look at the future. And while there aren't I don't think any other major publications besides Baseball America is the only other the only other publication to un- unveil unveil their top 30 Rangers prospect rankings. I figure, you know what? I'll go ahead and and rip the band-aid off and be one of the first ones to get in my top 30 prospects um because I feel like it's it's about time. It's the new year. And the Rangers system is in a very very good place. Obviously, the big league team is is in a very good place after uh, the most delightful year in Rangers franchise history, and uh, yeah, the state of the farm is is pretty solid. Now, it's not quite as deep as it's been in years past. Going through this top thirty in this process, it was a little harder um, <clears throat> to find names that I was really excited about in the the you know, you know final five spots of this of this uh, this top thirty list. Where in years past, it's been. Um, at least the last couple of years, the Rangers have had such a deep farm system that it was more difficult to, you know, cut off names after 30. I mean, it was a very, very deep farm system. Now, the top end talent wasn't quite as much there as it is right now. I think you can probably guess who the top two or three prospects are in my list. Hint, spoiler alert, it hasn't really changed much from midseason last year, but this is still a very deep farm system with a lot of guys with major league potential that, that could really help this club either as a, you know, inclusion in a trade package or really just end up helping the major league club. I've kind of like my philosophy on prospects has changed just a little bit with uh, mainly in regards to bullpen arms. There's a lot more guys who I think will end up being bullpen arms on this list than there have been in years past. And a part of that is because the Rangers need bullpen help. And, and part of that's because, you know, just realizing, okay, that, that actually does have some value of, of being able to develop guys with, high-end or back-end bullpen kind of ceilings that that is something that has value and something the rangers haven't done the best job at outside of well jose leclerc and a really nice stretch run from uh josh Bors and outside of that it, it's been kind of rough so i've kind of put more of an emphasis on that and more value 
in that. But without further ado, let's get to number 30 on this list. We have outfielder Aaron Zavala. Now, you may be thinking, Bryce, Aaron Zavala had an awful season. What are you what are you doing? What are you thinking? Well, if you don't know Aaron Zavala, he was the Rangers' second-round pick back in the 2021 draft out of the University of Oregon. There was an issue with his medical. There was a, a medical... Uh, kind of a, a just scary diagnosis that the Rangers weren't exactly sure if it was going to be career ending or not. Thankfully it ended up uh, not being career ending. It was a, I believe it was a tumor on his spine. Uh, it was a you know, very scary injury, but thankfully he could play through it and he'll be okay. So we got a significantly lower uh, bonus than a second round pick normally would get. And the main things with, with Zavala that are, are in his favor. Well, I think he can legitimately play a pretty decent corner outfield spot, probably left field. Um, but his batter's eye, I mean, it's, it's incredible. His knowledge of the strike zone is exceptional. And you may not think that from his strikeout rate from this year, which was honestly abysmal, but it is truly an elite, elite skill. So much so that Baseball America before last season had him as the best strike zone discipline prospect in the Rangers system. That also included Evan Carter. Just keep that in mind for, for how high this guy's ceiling is. They also had him as the best average hitter in the Rangers system in a system that had Evan Carter and still had Josh Young in the system at that point. That is how highly he was thought of before this season. Now, the, I guess 2023 season, now that we're in 2024. Now this was uh, no lie, a really rough year for him offensively. He was coming off of a, a surgery where he missed significant time. Um, and I think that this is more of me betting that he will bounce back in 2024, uh, get more of his athleticism back because the, the power numbers were not great for him this year in 95 games. He had just five home runs and 16 doubles. I mean, his batting average was below 200. The on-base was still very good because, again, he's got just a crazy walk rate in his career in the minors and, and in college as well. 174 walks for him in just over 1,000 plate appearances in the minors. That is his bread and butter. He's got some power in there when he can tap into it. He needs to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, and obviously this year coming off of that surgery, he just didn't have that same level of pop to be aggressive and take advantage of mistakes in the zone. He still made pitchers work and that's a valuable thing. Um, but the high end is I mean, he fell all the way from, I believe he was around, I think in my top 10 before last year, uh, even at mid season, I dropped him a little bit, but not that far, but this is him just barely hopping in there. I'm a big believer still in Aaron Zavala. I mean, the concerns about his long-term health really, um, are going <clears> to <throat> prohibit him from being much of a trade chip. So if you're seeing any, you know, trade perspective trades, uh, that are including him in there, uh, just kind of ignore those because that, that there's not going to be a whole lot of value in trading a guy who's 23 who's probably going to go back to double a i think this year maybe he'll start in triple a we'll, we'll see how the rangers feel about him after spring training but i'm still a big believer in aaron's vol and his upside uh, in terms of a long-term spot on the rangers well the outfield's pretty settled there's quite a few better candidates than dh uh, at dh than him in the Rangers system right now. So it's, it's more of a believer in his ability to control the strike zone and, and actually be a decent left fielder. Um, but we'll see where he ends up, but I'm still a believer in Aaron's ball in the ceiling and him being a major league caliber player. Now the next guy was another guy who had a, a really rough year. This is third baseman glider Figueroa. He is 19 years old and he had his first stint in full season ball this year with the down East wood ducks. Uh, he is uh, 
basically just played third base. That has been his primary position. Eventually, he might move over to a little bit of second base. He's played just two games at second base in his minor league career. But Figueroa is a guy who's got a lot of power potential. Didn't show it as much this year in his first year of full season ball. It was it was rough for him. 107 games, 450 plate appearances. You know, hit 220 on base, just at 300, and and slugged just over 320 not a super great showing from him the strikeouts were kind of a problem but hey in your first year of full season ball being two years younger than the average player I mean Glider Figueroa showed some potential I mean he still had nine home runs and and 14 doubles he was he was solid it was an unspectacular year but this is more of a a sign of where the Rangers think of him and and more confidence in that than you know anything that he particularly did at that level i mean a 623 ops isn't great but he's a 19 year old in full season ball and playing third base and, and showing decent power and, and showing a decent walk rate i mean he wasn't completely overmatched and that's a solid sign now if he starts to struggle a bunch in year two of full season ball, then you start to get a little bit more worried and uh, a little bit more concerned and he might end up dropping off this list. But hey, still solid first full season of full season ball. Not as exciting as what he had done in years past where he had, you know, nine home runs and five triples in 41 games back in 2022. Um, or, you know, that was a near 900 OPS from that season from him. But still, encouraging signs from him and I'm still a believer in his upside um, despite a not super great 2023 from him big 2024 coming from him I'm hoping probably back at uh, low a but could see him in high a. if he's in high a probably had a great spring training and it's, it's a good sign that the Rangers feel good about his development despite the numbers not quite being there in 2023 coming up we're gonna look at the number 28 prospect on this list and some other guys some new names in the next segment, um, possibly the segment after that, right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is done. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if win or lose you can make some bets on the cowboys who won the nfc east you know a lot of a lot of fun bets to be made there in their playoff game against the packers if you're feeling good about them you can go play some money on them or if you're wanting to emotionally hedge your bets and bet on the packers if you're a cowboys fan so that even if the cowboys lose you're at least winning money head over to fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup fanduel official partner of the nfl Shout out to the everyday for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day on tomorrow. She'll be back with the middle third of my top 30 prospects. Some really interesting names there, including a couple of very, very high risers on this list. Now, let's get into the next guy on this list. Number 28 prospect on my top 30 prospects is Alejandro Ozuna, who is a outfielder signed out of Mexico. He is 21 years old, just turned 21 in October. He hits left-handed, plays left field, center field, right field, basically all of the different positions in the outfield. Um, But most of that 
has been in um, left field. He's played 113 games at all levels in left field, 76 games in right field, and 49 in center field. He had a solid season this year Also in Hickory, also played in the Arizona Fall League as well, and just put up really decent numbers. I mean, him being a 20-year-old in high A Hickory was a huge sign that the Rangers were, were pretty big believers in him. Um, I mean, he even made his Hickory debut as a 19-year-old last year, just 21 games at that level, but still put up half-decent numbers there. And this year was was a pretty solid year. He had on base over 380. Um, his slugging percentage wasn't super high, but he's not been a guy who his his ceiling is, is mainly based around his power. It's more of a well-rounded kind of profile. Um, and he had a 386 or 85 uh, slugging percentage, so a Seven OPS in the mid 760s, pretty, pretty solid numbers um, overall for him. Um, 46 walks to just 67 strikeouts. His his discipline there was was really, really solid. And, and that's one of the things that I like about him having those numbers of walk to strikeout rate as a 20 year old in high A is very, very impressive. And the Rangers liked him so much that they wanted to give him a few more plate appearances, only 70 games for him in the regular season this year, sent him to surprise for four games there. Didn't put up the best numbers, uh, an OPS uh, of 527, not super impressive, but again, it's 16 plate appearances, not a super big sample size. I'm curious to see where they start him next year. Um, he didn't get all that many plate appearances in Hickory, but I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's a 21-year-old starting in AA every every single day, and uh, that's an impressive thing. That is a sign of how much the Rangers are believers in him and how, how well he can do and how much they believe he is ready to handle. Now, let's look at the next guy on this list. Number 27 prospect is Trevor Hover. He was one of the guys included in the Joey Gallo trade, one of the uh, probably the last one that the most people think of. Obviously, there's Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran and Glenn Otto, who have all had impacts at the big league level. And and I think that Trevor Hover is, is going to have an impact at the big league level. The profile on him has been, you know, left field slash DH type. There was a while that that some thought he could be a second baseman. That that time is over. Hover is a guy who has a very good judge of the strike zone, like Zavala, um, has shown a little bit more power than, than Zavala has, a little bit more um, able to tap into that. This year, 12 home runs for him in 107 games at Frisco. Also played in the Arizona Fall League um, last year in 2022 had a really solid showing there and on base over 400 slugged 400 that was really impressive to see from him the batting average has always been a little bit low um it hasn't been super great and for a guy who's you know biggest asset is his judge of the strike zone and being able to work a lot of walks you'd like to see that batting average be higher so the hump base can be a little bit higher um, especially since the power doesn't seem to be elite, seems to be above average to plus, uh, maybe a little bit above plus, depending on how much he can actually tap into that. I mean, the raw power, I think, is, is pretty solid. But again, it's more about being aggressive in the strike zone. I think he'll be a fine left fielder slash DH. Again, there's not a whole lot of room at the major league level for the uh, on the Rangers for prospects like that. But those guys have value. Other teams have troubles developing hitters sometimes i mean even the rangers have but um yeah there's definitely some value in that and his judge of the strike zone he'll probably be um starting in triple a next year he's gonna be 25 um it'll be his age 25 season next year but i think that there's definitely some value there he's a left-handed hitter with on base ability um and i think that 
that is someone who definitely has some value. Let's move to the next guy on this list. Number 26, we have Mark Church, the first reliever on this list. He was added to the Rangers 40-man roster this offseason to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. The guy has got the nastiest slider in the Rangers system. It is absolutely hellacious, but the ability to stay in the strike zone and um, not walk a lot of guys has been his real bugaboo. I mean, in Frisco this year, he had 15.5 strikeouts per nine in 18 innings. That's amazing. But he also walked five guys per nine. And then when he jumped up a level to Round Rock, I mean, he had an ERA in the mid threes, which is, you know, fine for a guy who's 22 and and in AAA. But he walked nearly six guys per nine, and the strikeouts were under 10 Ks per nine, which is is fine, but it's not going to be something that gets you on the big league roster out of camp. I think he's still got some refinement to go. His, his fastball is, is solid, but he's basically fastball slider, um, and it's just about staying in the zone enough to keep hitters honest and make them enticed to chase as opposed to just you know waiting on you to throw ball four yet again. Um, but the the ceiling is is pretty high up there. I mean, he's got um, you know thirteen point four Ks per nine in his minor league career, which is just really really good. But the walks are right around four per nine innings, which is not great. <laughs> is not I mean, we've seen what it's like to have relievers who can strike everybody out and can walk and will also walk the world. It is uh, sometimes very difficult to watch. But again. Relievers who don't have walk issues usually are starters, and um, that's kind of why most guys end up in the pen, is that they cannot stay in the strike zone but have some really nasty, wild stuff. The Rangers can develop him or one of the few other relievers on this list to be a solid back-end reliever. That would be a really great thing for them, as they wouldn't have to spend money on guys like a Josh Hader or whatever other big-name reliever that that fans are clamoring for the Rangers to go spend 15 to $20 million a year on. Um, you got to be able to grow young relievers and Mark church definitely has the ceiling of a really nasty reliever. Again, getting that walk rate under control a little bit more being a little bit more accurate with his fastball will definitely help that slider play up because that slider is really dang good. Now let's go to number five player on my list. This is a, a new guy on this list, Marcus Torres. He is a 19-year-old uh, out of Marque, Venezuela. Is where he was born, and the Rangers um, have made him uh, all the way up, promote him all the way up to down east as an 18-year-old. An 18-year-old outfielder who hits left-handed. He also plays a little bit of, you know, basically corner outfield. He's also played a little bit of first base as well. Um, 28 games in uh, at first base, uh, seven games at center field, 42 in left field, and 24 in right. So basically a corner outfielder slash first baseman has played a few games at center field, but I don't think that's where he is going to stick necessarily. Those were all in the Dominican summer league back in 2022. This year was a, a really solid year in the Arizona complex league. That's where he played most of his games, just under 50 games. He had six triples, seven home runs, uh, had an on base, uh, just two points below uh, 380 and an OPS of 872. The guy had a pretty solid walk rate of 27 walks to 48 strikeouts, um, and then played 10 games at Down East where he did not do well at all. 
But again, an 18-year-old in full-season ball for 10 games, 41 plate appearances. That is a sign that the Rangers are big believers in this kid. The power has been solid, walking at that high rate um, being uh, while being 18 in the Arizona Complex League. It's a sign the Rangers think this kid is legit. They are a believer in his talent and think that he is better than those down east numbers. I'd assume that's where he starts next year. Um, but again, I'm excited about the ceiling on this kid. Not a whole lot of data out there because he is an 18-year-old, but already having this level of information on a kid who is 18, who has already had this number of professional plate appearances. He had an 8.59 OPS last year as a 17-year-old in the Dominican Summer League. Really excited to see what this kid can do. And he already made the Rangers' top 30 prospect rankings at the mid or at the end of the season um, for MLB Pipeline. That is a big sign that the Rangers are believers in this kid. If he is already making those rankings when he had, you know, what, less than 100 games under his belt when he made his debut on that list. That's pretty darn impressive, and I am very impressed with this kid. Coming up, we look at the final four players on my top 30 edition for today, including a name who I th- a couple of names who I think could really help the Rangers Big League Club in 2024. Right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to talk to escape the crazy realities of life, but can we talk about a minute about preparing for tough situations? Whether you're on extended travel or bracing for a major major weather changes or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. So, Jace Medical, they've got the Jace case. They are out there to provide for you. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So go visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Shout out to the everyday just making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On Wednesday, I'll be back with the final 10 of my top 30 prospect rankings, including some guys who uh, you might have heard of and might be really, really excited about. Not that you're not really excited about all these guys, because the number 24 guy on my list of top Rangers prospects is Zach Kent, a right-handed starting pitcher that the Rangers drafted in the ninth round of the 2019 draft out of the Virginia Military Institute. Last year was was a year I thought that he was going to make his major league debut. I thought he was really going to help the Rangers out in their bullpen because Lord knows they needed help in their bullpen. But alas, that was not the case. Injuries derailed most of his season. He has been fairly healthy throughout his minor league career, but last year was was really a, a rough year in terms of you know staying on the mound for him. Just 40 and two-thirds innings between Round Rock and a debut or a um, rehab stint in the Arizona Complex League. The Rangers sent him to surprise for the Arizona Fall League, got 16 and two-thirds innings in there. Um, not exactly super encouraging stuff. He had an ERA of eight in those innings in surprise. In, in Round Rock, he had an ERA under four, in 10 starts, but he was averaging basically three-ish innings per start, 3.1, not three and a third, but like, actually, maybe it is about three and a third, 34 innings in 10 starts there. Um, but 
the Rangers view him as a starter. He's a guy who's got a really interesting uh, repertoire. He's got basically five pitches that, that all come out of the same arm slot and look very, very sim- similar. His slider is his best pitch and has been his most used pitch. He's able to throw it four strikes and able to get some chase on it as well. He's got a four-seamer and a two-seamer um, that work pretty well. And the changeup, also, all, all of those com- complement each other pretty darn well and i believe he's also got a a curveball or maybe it's a cutter that i'm i'm thinking of but as his fifth pitch but it's mainly that slider fastball um both four seamer and two seamer combination that all work very very well off of each other in terms of the ceiling for for zach kent i I think that maybe a number five starter could be his ceiling I think he'd be more effective as a guy who you throw him in the back end of the pen, let that velocity crank up a few miles per hour uh, into the upper 90s as opposed to the low to mid 90s where it sits as a starter. Um, I I think that could provide a lot of value for the Rangers, maybe as a multi-inning reliever, a guy who can get you through, you know, six or nine batters, go go through the order one time through, give you multiple innings. I, I think that could be something that, that's what I thought his role was going to be for the Rangers in 2023. Alas, injuries ruined that. I wouldn't be surprised if he made the Rangers bullpen out of camp this year. And I think he's probably going to be competing for that number five spot in the rotation at this point. I'm still thinking the Rangers will go and sign some other starting pitcher, hopefully Jordan Montgomery. Um, but right now it's Cody Bradford. That is going to be the Rangers number five starter. If, if things remain unchanged, at least for the first half of the season. By the way, just a little note on um, on rookie eligibility and prospect eligibility. Um, as long as the player has their rookie eligibility intact, they are eligible, or I guess able to be put on prospect lists. They're still rookie eligible. So Evan Carter still has his rookie eligibility, while Cody Bradford does not. Those those um, metrics for, for what it takes to lose that it's 50 it'll be innings pitched or 130 at bats evan carter did not hit that threshold while uh, cody bradford did so bradford is not going to be on my top 30 list even though i am a big believer in cody bradford like i am of zach kent I think he can really help this team in 2024 um i think they're going to keep him as a starter for as long as they can just to hope they can develop one decent starting pitcher he's going to be 26 this year um but still, I think the upside is is pretty solid on Zach Kent. We'll see. This is going to be, I think, a pretty big make-or-break year in terms of if he is going to be a starter or if he is going to be a bullpen arm. Either way, I think he can definitely help this Major League team, and I am a big believer in Zach Kent and have been for a couple years now. Next guy on this list, number 23, is Jonathan Ornelas, who made his big league debut and uh, did have his first hit in the major leagues, which was an exciting moment for him. He is 24 years old this season. He is a guy who plays basically every single position. The offensive upside is not great. He's a third-round pick from 2018, um, but he has really been a a solid defender at many, many positions. He's a legitimate shortstop. He's a legitimately solid to above average, I think, defensive center fielder. He can play third base. He can play second base. He can play, I think, the corner outfield as well. Um, But that's a guy who has a lot of value, who is a legitimate defensive shortstop. There's been more value and more emphasis placed on that being a valuable tool at the major league level with the defensive shifts being limited as opposed to uh, what they were in years past. Guys can't just be placed immediately in the exact right positions every single time, uh, especially that... um, big shift that 
they did to almost every single left-hander in the game. Um, so defensive range at shortstop and second base and third base has been uh, more highly valued. And, and Jonathan Ornelas definitely has that. He's a great clubhouse guy, a great makeup guy. Um, is fine. His average with the stick, not a great year offensively for him uh, in Round Rock. Um, despite making his major league debut, he went one for seven in seven at bats. Um, but again, got his first, he got his big league debut, got his first hit. They can never take that away. And Round Rock had a 728 OPS, not super great, but the on base is, is mainly his carrying tool offensively. That's the thing that he is going to, uh, going to keep him around as a major league bench bat option. I don't think he's going to got, got the ceiling of an everyday player. Um, but still a very solid, valuable 25th or 26th man to have on your roster. The Rangers already have a couple of those guys who I think um, are, are obviously a little bit ahead of him in Josh Smith and I think Ezekiel Duran. Um, but in terms of being a legit defensive, good defensive shortstop at the major league level, Jonathan Ornelas has definitely got that. And that is something that has quite a bit of value. Now, the number 22 guy on this list is a guy who has not been on any of my top 30s before, midseason or otherwise. This is catcher Jesus Lopez. He hits left-handed, throws right-handed, 6 for 180 pounds, signed out of Lara, Venezuela. He is 18 years old and already playing stateside ball this year, actually exclusively playing stateside ball this year in the Arizona Complex League. Only 13 games for him, just over 50 plate appearances, but in that limited sample size, there was some very, very encouraging signs from him. Three home runs in 13 games, as well as two triples and three doubles. Hit a little bit under 1 point under 290 um, on base near 400. Slugged almost 650, an OPS of 1,041. As an 18-year-old in 13 games in the Arizona Complex League, that is a big, big green flag for him the upside is is pretty high um but again 13 strikeouts for him is is not a super high rate um especially being at that level we'll see where the rangers start him i wouldn't be surprised if um he started in full season ball just to give him some more at bats he had 38 games in 2022 as a 17 year old in the dominican summer league an ops of 768 pretty solid numbers for him there more walks than strikeouts which is encouraging as well um but there's not been a whole lot of buzz on this kid made MLB pipelines, top 30 prospects at the end of last year. So that is another green flag in his, uh, resume, whatever, whatever, wherever you put your green flag, maybe a green pennant on his wall. Now the last guy in this first edition of the top 30, um, or first episode in the top 30, number 21 is, Antoine Kelly, a guy who I am very excited to see hopefully make his major league debut in 2024 with the Rangers. A left-handed reliever was originally drafted uh, in the 13th round by the Padres, then in the second round by the Brewers, included in the Matt Bush trade, which the Rangers seem to have won very handily, uh, if not for just the contributions of... Um, of Mark Mathias, I think Antoine Kelly will make this a slam dunk big win for the Rangers, especially since Matt Bush was already back on the Rangers like about a year after that trade was made, which is um, not not great for the Brewers, but great for the Rangers. Kelly was protected on the Rangers 40 man roster. Uh, that is an exciting development for him. I thought he was going to be taken in the rule five draft last year. I definitely thought if he was unprotected, he was going to be taken this year, but the Rangers decided to protect him because they are big believers in him, or at least 
medium believers in him. I was honestly surprised he didn't make his major league debut last year, um, but because the numbers were were so good for him in two different leagues across Double A and Triple A, pitched fifty seven and a third innings, seventy nine strikeouts to um, just. 23 walks. The walk numbers went way down as the season progressed. Even as he got promoted to a higher level, those walk numbers went way down while the strikeouts were still there. That is very, very encouraging. The stuff is very nasty. Comes out of a weird slot or not a a normal slot. Um, Can do okay against righties and uh, he can keep getting those walk numbers down um, and still get to the swings and misses and get them against big leaguers. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's in the pen opening day because the ceiling is pretty solid for a back-end reliever um, in Antoine Kelly. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.